Hi everyone, JJ here with The Art of Value. Welcome. We'll test the Q3 2023 earnings. What a disaster. At least some people said that. Dan Ives, Tesla analyst from Webbush, certainly did on a clip and we'll have a look at that. And then we'll get into the Q3 presentation from Tesla and then some of the earnings call. This is actually from a live stream. I did an hour and a half live stream. I've condensed it down to some highlights. I hope you enjoy this episode. I certainly enjoyed doing this very first live stream and I'll be doing more of them. Just one thing to note, the first clip with Dan Ives is a little bit echoey, but it does clear up, so I apologize for that. Let's get into it. Dan Ives, Webbush Securities Analyst, does cut his target to 310. He was at 350, but keeps the outperform rating. Dan, it's great to have you. Great to Thanks be for here. coming in. What about it? What made you say that? I mean, if you looked up disaster in the dictionary, there'd be a video of last night's conference call. And I think <laughs> the problem is, is that the street wanted to get details. Have the price cuts ended? Where's the gross margin outlook? What does demand ultimately look into 2024? And instead, it was really Musk put on his macroeconomist sort of hat. And that's not what the street wanted. I think it was lack of details. And ultimately, it was a somber note for, especially when it looks at Cybertruck and you look at the margin outlook. And I think the long-term thesis is still there. But with no rose-colored glasses, I mean, this was definitely what I'd call a would you expect anything different from a guy who runs a company whose goods are 90% financed? But, but Carl, I think the big issue was really around the price cuts, because as you've seen the price cuts, there was a view that it would start to end by, the, by this point. And ultimately, by having the door open and also by losing your CFO, that was, I think, a huge part of the credibility. CFO has gone and the earnings call is interesting to listen to because it's a new CFO. Seems a little bit unsure, or at least it's been commented on that Elon seems to be surrounded by people who basically say yes to him, who won't won't sort of argue with him or won't disagree with him. And that's possibly not a good situation to be in, even though you can understand how that's the case when he's the Steve Jobs type of character or the... You know, the extraordinary entrepreneur who's going to say no to whatever he says. Investors came off that call, and I can tell you, institutionally speaking, just a lot more questions, no answers. And I think that's really the frustration, and that's why you're seeing the stock under almost extra pressure because of that head-scratcher conference call last night. Dan, you're one of the biggest bulls on the street. You come here all the time and then talked up Tesla for years, correctly so in many ways. I'm glad you're here on a bad day, too, but what did you get wrong here? I think what we got wrong in the short term was the price cuts were going to end. And there was, you knew the, the poker move of the price cuts. So the price cuts here, is it going to end here? It could be more. So margins have gone down. How low could they go here? They're sort of approaching auto industry margins. This is not a software company margins, which Elon talks about on the call. It's definitely auto margins. They're selling autos. This year has paid off massively and, and i think that's really sure from a demand perspective but that really 95 percent of the price cuts i believe are done i thought musk would have put the line in the sand maybe a few more price cuts then we're over instead by leaving the door open i think the communication is maybe what we underestimate even from musk by not putting a line in the sand that's the frustration here yeah more price cuts to come in the future you can see that elon talked about affordability that he wants it to be affordable for people he talked about that a lot he talked about interest rates and how people can't just can't afford it they've got to be affordable he said that right from the beginning if you look at tesla he's always wanted to accelerate evs the advent of evs in society and the way to do that is to make affordable cars he's always said that 
and that's what they're doing but to do that it's going down down to margins that definitely aren't tech company margins so at some point we look at the market cap and say is this a company that can have this market cap when they've got low margins yes they're selling a lot of cars but they don't really have much else at the moment going on so it's all future value now it's a pandora's box and you can't put the genie back in the box but well, how can you put a line in the sand on price cuts when we see the 10-year yield and the 30-year yield move up every single day to new highs and if that's really what's driving it how can you know yeah it, and it's a great question i think it's really about the price cuts in china and if you look what's happened there even byd and some others have started to soften some of the price cuts. BYD, so not many people mentioned BYD. I noticed a lot of Tesla people do not mention BYD, but they're selling almost as many cars as Tesla. Soon to be maybe in this next quarter, just as many, not just the hybrids or the ice cars, but no, they're selling just as many fully electric cars and they are cheap. I know it's where I am. I'm not in the US. I'm in New Zealand. We, I've seen them on the streets here. I can understand how they probably won't be big sellers in the US, probably because of that geopolitical situation where will people buy Chinese cars in the US? They might, but because of this rivalry conflict, we could say between the US and China, I don't see BYD being able to get in. Even I wouldn't see the government even wanting that. So that's a barrier. But in other parts of the world, not so much like Australia, New Zealand, Europe, they're going to be selling. So they're Tesla's biggest competition, absolutely Tesla's biggest competition. And not many people are even talking about that. And in China, some of these electric cars are cheap, selling for 20, equivalent of 20,000 US. So that's what that's what's happening. And that's where Tesla wants to get to with their, their big platform, cheap, affordable car. But it's a while away. People were asking, when's that coming? They wouldn't say anything about it at the timeline for that. It's all focused on the Cybertruck. Continuing to cut prices, especially in China, that price war, they're actually making worse. And I think that's been the biggest thing because you're talking about 40, 50% of overall demands coming out of China. We believe the long-term story is intact. The sum of the parts thesis, full self-driving, AI, what they're gonna invest in, but no doubt in the near term. And because of that conference call, you know, I think you're definitely gonna see uncertainty. It's almost an albatross right now <laughs> that's around that. Where stock. is the operating yeah. margin? 7.6% I think came in. Is that that's like closer it's to low. other automakers, right? Well, yeah, because it's getting mean, low. They, they were in a massive position of strength, come down toward other automakers. And now it comes down to, you know, does this start to stabilize, increase from here? Obviously, software, you could argue FSD is going to be a big piece going forward. Look, we've been here before. We've, we've been through some of these white knuckle periods with Musk. But, but I would put white last night periods. as a top three, probably worst conference call I've heard from Elon. You know, in the last few years. Now, if you're getting value out of this video so far and you're watching on YouTube or on X, please remember to hit that like button to help the algorithm to spread it to more people. And now you can go the extra step in showing your appreciation to go here to buy me a coffee. I'll put a link in the description as well. As you'll understand, it takes quite a lot of time to put these videos together each week. So I'd really appreciate that extra show of support if you feel like it. Thanks. Q3 2023 update. Highlights, 7.6% operating margin in Q3, which is really getting low. This is what people are labeling a disaster. I mean, these are not tech company margins, are they? Summary, our main objectives remain unchanged in Q3, reducing cost per vehicle, free cash flow generation, whilst maintaining delivery volumes 
and continued investment in AI and other growth projects. Our costs of goods sold per vehicle decreased to about $37,500. We have implemented necessary upgrades in Q3 to enable further unit cost reductions. So cost reductions there. During a high interest rate environment, we believe focusing on investments in R&D while maintaining positive free cash flow is the right approach. So they talk about a difficult environment. Year to date, the free cash flow reached 2.3 billion okay and they do have quite a bit of cash we have more than doubled the size of our ai training compute which uh, elon mentions in the core our humanoid robot is currently being trained for simple tasks lastly with a combined gross profit generation over 0.5 billion in q3 our energy generation and storage business and services and other businesses have become meaningful that's an important sector there's a graph which is ramping up i think that'll become important over time Total automotive revenues year on year, 5%. So we talk about 50% growth year on year. I heard a lot of really bullish Tesla investors saying it's going to grow 50% for a long time. Elon talked about reaching the law of large numbers. They're kind of approaching that. So 5% is definitely, you can see why the share price hit went down just because of that. Energy generation and storage revenue up 40%, but it's only 1.5 billion as opposed to 19 billion. So 6 billion for autos and 1.5. So still small, but say if that can grow exponentially, that could become meaningful over time. Elon said that it should be at least the same as autos over time. They've been focusing on autos because that's what they've been selling. And of course, with energy storage, they need a huge number of batteries. So that needs to ramp up to getting all the lithium and making the batteries is no small task. Services and other revenue. So that's even more. 2.1 billion and 32% growth so that's meaningful that's what we want to see 40% and 32% growth those are bright areas but small revenue really compared to cars and total revenues equals 9% growth year on year so it's not a fast growing company when when you look at that if that continues total gross profit minus 22% income from operations minus 52% wow wow Operating margin minus 964 BP, 9.64. These are significant, significant drops, which so it's understandable people that it was a disaster. A disaster. Net cash provided from operating activities minus 35. Free cash flow minus 74. So wow. It's a wow. Total revenue grew 9%. Profitability, our operating income decreased year on year 1.8 billion in Q3, resulting in a 7.6 operating margin oh that's getting it's getting low year on year keeping in mind here that elon's concerned about a recession but the fed's not saying we're in a recession they're saying we're not going to but if there is a recession i mean i can see elon's kind of fear of going into recession because they've got these numbers they're lowering prices and if there actually is a recession the auto industry is notoriously cyclical i mean look what happened during the global financial crisis companies actually went bankrupt had to get bailed out and so what would actually happen to Tesla if there was a serious serious global recession they're not just selling in the US US recession is one thing but if there was something like that I mean he's been through it now this is interesting solar their solar business is not going well minus 48 percent so if you look at these numbers here over time 94 100 67 66 49 so these are the quarters it's going down their solar business is not doing well I wonder if they'll eventually close that up and say it's not worth it or maybe sell it off I don't know they can't sell it off as Tesla brand Gigafactory Texas, we began pilot production of the Cybertruck, which remains on track 
for initial deliveries this year. How many deliveries this year was a big question on the earnings call. And I think what they're aiming for there, they've put a delivery date. They've put a flyer out. I think it's the 30th of November. It'd be interesting to go to actually, but I can't go there. I'm a long way away from Texas. At Gigafactory Texas, we begin pilot production of the Cybertruck, which remains on track for initial deliveries this year. We are expecting the Model Y production rate in Texas to grow very gradually from its current level as we ramp additional supply chain model y remained best selling vehicle of any kind in europe so that's pretty significant when you think about this the heart of europe of the european car brands german cars for instance energy storage here we go energy storage deployments increased by 90 percent year on year it's really good to see that services and other see how that was trending was way down way down and now it's turned positive so this could be really strong for tesla in the future our global fleet size grows. Our services and other businesses continue to grow successfully and supercharging insurance and body shop and part sales being the core drivers of profit growth year on year. See that? As their fleet grows, there'll be more of that. Even when there's robo-taxis, they'll need to be serviced. Who owns the robo-taxis? This is a question for the future. I think Elon's thought it through, but how it works in the real world kind of remains to be seen how that's going to work. Pay-per-use supercharging remains a profitable business, even as we scale capital expenditure. Our team is focused on materially expanding supercharging capacity and further improving capacity management in anticipation of other OEMs joining our network. Services and other could actually be a big business over time as it kind of is for other big automakers. They'll still need servicing and there's other things around, even an app store. What will happen if they release an ad store and people have apps? We'll have to see how that plays out. That could be a profitable business too. And that, well, that is software margins. Apple situation of taking a 30% commission on everything going through the app store, the internet tax i'm sure elon's thinking about that outlook volume we are planning to grow production as quickly as possible in alignment with the 50 percent kga target well they're far off that aren't they we began guiding to in early 2021 and some years we may grow faster and some we may grow slower depending on a number of factors for 2023 we expect to remain ahead of the long-term 50 percent kga at with around 1.8 million vehicles per year cash we have ample liquidity to further our product roadmap not like other oems which are settled with debt so this talks about price inclusive of national and state level subsidies so it's pointing out how affordable teslas are becoming let's see where's the cheapest new jersey so if you're in new jersey 32,490 and Illinois as well, 36490 in all other states. That's the Model Y starting price inclusive of national and state level subsidies. So yeah, that's getting that's getting affordable. I mean, there's no doubt the price is coming down with subsidies. It's coming to the affordable range, which is what, what is wanted. To have mass production be the most, one of some of the most popular cars in the world. It has to be affordable. Elon says that. It's just that the problem is with margins there. Maybe margins will start going up later on. That's, that's the thesis that they cut price so margins are kind of get thinner and then but over time they get better again cybertruck deliveries begin in november 2023 and there's a tesla truck with cybertrucks loaded on it it's an impressive sight in front of the tesla building it's a crowd pleasing photo isn't it right there the cybertruck ready to go and the one millionth model y produced in shanghai there all right so this one's interesting there's key metrics here we're looking at the operating margin below the s p 500 average year-on-year -year revenue growth look at that going down it's down below 30 percent 
earnings calls are important to listen to for a company to see how the CEO and the CFO and their team are feeling. You can tell in people's voices, right? You can tell the emotion in their voice. Uh, we will continue to invest significantly in AI development as this is really the, the, the massive game changer. If you have fully autonomous cars at scale and fully autonomous humanoid robots that are truly useful, it's not clear what the limit is. Okay, so Elon talking there about it's not clear what the limit is. These are things that weigh in the future. This is an earnings call from what's happened. And this is grand vision ahead. So he goes on energy storage. So this is the interesting part. We talked about this in, in the four gigawatt figures. hours of energy of storage products in Q3. And uh, as this business grows, uh, the energy vision is becoming our highest margin uh, business. Uh, energy and service now contribute over half a billion dollars to quarterly profit. Uh, the Cybertruck, I know a lot of people are excited about the Cybertruck. Cybertruck. Uh, I am too. I've driven the car. It's an amazing product. I, I do want to emphasize that there will be enormous challenges in reaching volume production with the Cybertruck and then in making the Cybertruck cash flow positive. This is simply normal. It's going to take for, a while to get the Cybertruck when, positive, when a, a cash flow positive. With a lot of new technology, any new vehicle, brand new vehicle program, but especially one that is as different and advanced as the Cybertruck, that you will have problems proportionate to how many new things you're trying to solve at scale. So I just want to emphasize that while I think this is potentially our best product ever, and I think it is our best product ever, it is going to be require immense work to reach volume production and be cash flow positive that people can afford. So he's tempering expectations there. He says about that people are excited about the Cybertruck, but says how difficult it is and to ramp it up. This is one of the reasons that the share price dropped 10%, I think, is because they are launching it, but it's probably going to be small numbers and it's going to be very hard. And there's difficulties, obviously stuff going on behind the scenes. It's been really difficult to get this even built. That's why I say prototypes are easy. Production is hard. Uh, people think it's the idea or you make a prototype. You design a car, and as soon as they're designing a car, is is it just anyone can do it? It, it does require taste. It does require effort to design a prototype. But the difficulty of going from a prototype to volume production uh, is like ten thousand percent harder to get to volume production than to make the prototype in the first place. And then it is even harder than that to reach positive cash flow. That is why there have not been uh, new car startups that have been successful for a hundred years, apart from Tesla. So, um, you know, I just want to temper expectations there you go. for Cybertruck. It's a great product, but financially, it will take mm. I don't know a year to eighteen months before. A year to eighteen months to ramp up. I mean, people were so excited that it would ramp as quickly as the other models have, but clearly, it's going to be difficult. It is a significant positive cash flow contributor. Uh, I, I wish there was some way to that to be different but that's uh that's my best guess the demand is is off, is off the charts we have over a million people who have reserved the car so it's not it's not a demand issue but we have to make it um <laughs> we need to make it at a price that people can afford and to make it and, and price that people can afford is the main thing so he's definitely tempering expectations here but let's jump ahead to invest questions how many cyber truck deliveries do you anticipate for 2024 here we go i still to make an accurate guess at this point going back to what i said earlier that the ramp is going to be extremely difficult. Like, like I said, it's, there's, there's, there's no way around that. If, if we just try to do some copycat vehicle design, of which there are literally 200 models that are slight variations on a theme in the, in the combustion engine world, uh, then you know it's really not that hard. But if you want to do something radical and innovative and, and something really special like the, the, like the Cybertruck, um, it is extremely difficult because there's nothing to copy. You have to invent not just the car, but the way to make the car. 
where will things end up? I think we'll end up with roughly a quarter million cyber trucks a year. So there you go for he's estimating in 250,000 a year. Could be more than that over time, who knows, or less, but he's saying it's going to be difficult because he has to invent the way of making it. It's a whole new thing. It's going to be fascinating to see these things on the road and to get in one. But we're not, I don't think we're going to reach that output rate next year. We'll probably reach it sometime in 2025. 2025. That's my best guess. This is when he basically said that Mexico could be on hold, which really, I think, shocked quite a few people. Could you please provide an update on capacity expansion plans for companies, factories in Berlin and Austin, and the opening schedule of Gigafactory in Mexico? Berlin and Austin factory, uh, the current priority is actually maximize the output from our existing lines uh, by laser focus on uh, efficiency improvements. As always, maintaining a high quality and the reducing per unit cost will be as critical as growing the production volume. Um, for Mexico, uh, we're working on infrastructure and factory design in parallel with the engineering development of the new production that will be manufactured there. In Mexico, we're, we're laying the groundwork to laying the groundwork. Uh, begin construction and uh, doing, doing all the long lead items. But I think we want to just get a sense for what the global economy is like before we go full tilt um, on the Mexico factory. I'm worried about the high interest rate environment that we're in. I just can't emphasize it's enough about the high interest that, rate environment. Uh, for the vast majority of people, buying a car is about the monthly payment. And as interest rates rise, the proportion of that monthly payment that is interest increases naturally. If, if interest rates remain high or if they go even higher, uh, it's that much harder to for people to buy the car. They simply cannot afford it. So, That's true. Um, and, and we are tracking, I believe, at this point for Model Y to be the best-selling car on earth. But not just in revenue, but in unit volume. If you compare that to the other vehicles that are number two and number three and whatnot, they they cost much less than our car. We're just hit, hitting law of large numbers situations here. I know people want us to advertise, and we are advertising. I think there is something to be gained on the advertising front. I don't think it's nothing. Informing people of a car that is great that they cannot afford doesn't, doesn't really help. That is really the thing that must be solved, is to make the car affordable. I mean, he's got a good point. Projections are, especially from very bullish Tesla investors, that they're going to make 20 million cars a year. You know, so it's got to be affordable. It just doesn't make sense to 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 have expensive cars. So it is important. But what will margins be like when they do that? Will they go down into normal auto industry margins, which is not what people are expecting? Unless they have significant other revenue from, say, software margins from FSD and so forth. The average person cannot buy it for any amount of money, or they or for, they simply can't afford it. They can't afford it. So this is a big deal. So we're focused on growing our volumes in a very cost-efficient manner. Yeah, I mean, the risk of stating the obvious, um, it is not possible to have a compound growth rate of 50% forever, or you will exceed the mass of the known universe. Uh, so That's but I, I think we will grow very rapidly. That's very pointing out the obvious about growth rate of 50%. It's huge if you're in investing and you're getting 50% a year, that you'd end up with a huge amount of money. But... You know, so he's basically saying that we're not going to grow fifty percent. Much faster than any other car company on earth by far. Just faster than others. Uh, next question is: Do you have an approximate timeline in mind for the robot taxi, driven or non-driven? What excites you most about how this project is progressing? I, I guess I'm I'm very excited about our progress with autonomy. The end-to-end, -end, nothing but nets, self-driving software is amazing. 
drives me all around Austin with no interventions. So he's been very optimistic about FSD in the future, you know, saying it should be this year, it should be this year. So listen to what he's saying about what's happening with it really now, apart from it being good. You know, it's clearly the, the right move. You know, so it, it's, it's, it's really, really pretty amazing. Um, amazing, it's amazing. And obviously that same software and approach will enable Optimus to do useful things enable optimists to to learn how to do things simply by looking you know extremely exciting in the long term as i as i mentioned before you know given that uh, economic output is number of people times productivity if you no longer have a constraint on on people effectively you've got a humanoid robot that can do as much as you'd like your 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 economy is quasi infinite or yeah, yeah. infinite role so this is quite a bit down the line is his grand vision. This is what gets people, draws people in, of course, his grand vision of what's going to happen. But, you know, quasi-infinite economy, which is something that also Kathy Wood from ARC says all the time, you know, about the growth rate in the future. But, you know, this is not what's happening right now, which is what investors on this call are kind of interested in. And I don't think anyone is going to do it better than Tesla, not by a long shot. It's dropped on FSD if is it is getting dropped? better and RoboTaxi is expected the FSD so price soon. Dropped? Well, we just wanted to make it more affordable. I think over time, the price of FSD will increase proportionate to its value. They're saying that you want to make it affordable, but it's got to be for the masses. So eventually it's got to be cheap. What would people pay per month for FSD? What would they pay? It's interesting to think about that in the future. Certainly not 10000 not even 5000 I mean, per month. What, $100? Like a, if you think about streaming entertainment, people pay, or internet, if it's that crucial, $100 a month for a fast internet, reliable internet, what will you pay for FSD to be driven around? Uh, so I would regard the current price as a kind of a temporary low. It's, it's basically baby AGI. Baby AGI. It has to understand reality in order to drive. Basically baby AGI. AGI for the physical world. AGI. It's the hope. And that's kind of part of the valuation too, I think. Will Optimus be working on Gigafactory lines next year? If so, how many uh, would you guess uh, will be deployed? Okay, that's a stupid question. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, please, how far away is that? We uh, we learned earlier on the call, it, it sounds like um, you don't think the truck will ramp to significant volume. Should we have a similar anticipation for the ramp of the next-gen platform, or is there any reason that we should be maybe more optimistic or pessimistic about the uh, ramp profile there? Uh, it's, yeah, in terms of like the technologies we're putting into it, we didn't have to invent how to bend full hard stainless steel or have mega 9,000 ton castings or the largest hot stamping in the world. The simplification makes it easier to automate. It also makes it lower cost. Yeah, it's, it's, it's intrinsically lower cost. Just to be clear, is it'll be cool, but it's it's utilitarian. It's not meant to be fill you with awe and magic. It's uh, it can get you from A to B. It'll be still beautiful, but it's a uh, it's utilitarian. It's, it's a utility. Talking about it being the new platform, <laughs> yeah. this new platform car, the cheap one will be a robo taxi. They hope so. Utilitarian vehicle. I mean, you think about the VW Beetle, really. How that the, when that was first produced, 
this is a mass market vehicle. I think some analysts and investors saying, why don't you get on with that? The Cybertruck's going to take a long time to ramp up. But yes, it could be an amazing vehicle, but really to sell 20 million cars a year, they're really going to need something like this next-gen platform. It's a cheap car that sells all over the world and can become a robo-taxi. And so that seems quite far off. said in the commentary that you're not going full tilt on the plant in Mexico and there we go. signs that the economy is strong. Not going full tilt on the Mexico factory. People were concerned about this. It was all like we're building a factory in Mexico. We're going, you know, full steam ahead. And they're basically, Elon's just concerned about the macro environment and saying we're not going to do that. Can you continue at a 50% Kager without that plant? Uh -huh. And where would Good that question. come from? And, and any color on what you mean? Because a lot of investors are, you know, uh, bargaining on this 50% KKR a year for the indefinitely for the, for the foreseeable future. And he's basically saying it's not going to happen. The law of large numbers, it's too hard to do with, with metal benders, with building physical products. You mean sort of not going full tilt? Could that plant get delayed indefinitely? Or what are you <laughs> kind of talking about? No, we're definitely making the, the factory uh, in Mexico. We feel very good about that. We put a lot of effort into looking at different locations and uh, we feel very good about that location and, and we are going to build a factory there um, and it's going to be great. Um, the question is really just one of timing. There's going to be a broken record on the, on the interest front. It's just the interest rates have to come down. Like, like if, if, if interest rates keep rising, you just fundamentally reduce affordability. Talking about interest rates there, he's concerned about this macro environment, which is really what it's part of what the sent the share price down. What if there's a recession? What if we go deep into recession? What then? And we've got high interest rates. I mean, that's when interest rates would come down. But he's basically saying it has to be affordable and that even though the price of cars are coming down, people are paying about the same amount just because of interest rates because people are financing their cars. They're not just buying them outright here. Most people just buy finance their cars. I don't like to do that. It is just the same as right increasing the price of the car. So I just don't have visibility into If you can tell me what the interest rates are, I can tell you when, when we, should, we should build the factory. We're going to build it. And, and I mean, I think we'll, we'll, we'll start the you know, initial phases of construction next year. Okay, next year. But uh, I, I am still somewhat scarred by 2009 when um, if General Motors and Chrysler went bankrupt. Well, that's now 14 years ago. That, that is seared into my mind with a branding iron. Tesla was just hanging on by a thread during that entire time. He's talking about this, you know, when Tesla nearly went under and he's sleeping in the factory to keep things going. He's got PTSD from that. And he's saying that if the economic situation gets really bad, he, he, he remembers that. So he wants to be pretty cautious. It's one of the few times he's been really cautious rather than sort of really bullish. And um, he does talk big. But this time he's pulling it back. A lot of wars going on in the world, obviously, as well. So, um, so really, they're talking down Mexico. They're talking down the, in any new factories. They're talking it down, saying that Texas is big and it's been the home base it's where Elon spends a lot of time, I'm sure, because of Starbase as well. We're actually only occupying a tiny corner of the land that we are. We could technically do all the scaling just here. Now, if you're watching this episode on YouTube, I'm going to put a link here to the video that YouTube thinks you should watch next. So go and see that now. And thanks for watching or listening to this one. And I'll see you in the next one.